Welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica, and I am your host. My name is Cassandra Cardenas, and I am your other host. And hello, listener. How you doing? How How was your holidays? We'll wait for you to answer. Yeah, yeah. We'll take our answer off air. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cass, how was your holiday? Not bad, not bad, not bad. I'm glad that it's over. So much anticipation heading into Christmas time, and so that by the time it's there, it's kind of like, okay, fuck it, it's over. Get, be done. Ah. Uh-huh. Give me New Year's. Let me get out of this thing. We're in the dead zone right now. I don't have work for a week, and I don't know what to do with myself. Whoa. How'd you do? How was your holidays? Were you good? It was good. It was stressful not going home. I was very upset. I miss my family, mm-hmm. but I have my, my California family that I spent it with. And I got to watch it through the eyes of children, which is always super fun. It makes me remember like what the holiday is really about and being family. But Wow, that's beautiful. Seeing somebody that still believes in Santa. Oh, they're tracking Santa on radar. That's fun, you know. <laughs> Did you see like Citizen posted a Santa alert? Yes. Everyone was in the Christmas spirit. Even the app that encourages your neighbors to report all loud noises outside and uh, lets you know how many stabbings occur on a daily basis in your neighborhood. (laughs) I recently turned notifications on for the Citizen app. Biggest mistake I've ever made. I I don't have Citizen personally. I do have SafePass, which is by Citizen and is like a COVID check-in app that you can have with a pod. uh, I have enough friends with Citizen that they kind of just share like the real kooky ones. I just, I can't do it. It'll make it'll make me afraid to go to sleep at night. There was a structure fire, a accident, and a man wielding a knife in a Santa Claus outfit last night in Koreatown. <laughs> oh God, who knows what happened over here? The holidays I... just keep giving. Yes. Why are you trash this week? Well, <laughs> when I first moved to California, uh-huh. I was dating a young screenwriter. And he had some young filmmaker friends. Mm -hmm. And the band Steel Panther. Oh, yeah. Was having a make your own music video contest. And we'll use it as the video for our song. And so I was recruited to be a girl in a Steel Panther video. Oh, my God. And they said, we need some other girls. And I had zero friends in L.A. at this point. But what I did have was young cousins and my cousin's friend. How young? They were minors. Erica. And so they were like, we want to be in a music video. And so we went out on the golf course in my cousin's neighborhood and shot a raunchy Steel Panthers video (laughs) with minors. And I had to continuously tell the crew, they are 16 and 17. Like, you have to leave them alone. Holy fucking shit. Did they choose the video? No, it was terrible. Oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah. Mistakes were made. No kidding. And uh, how how have you been trashed this week? Well, we had a little bit of this conversation prior, but I'm wearing black lipstick right now. Uh, It was for an audition I had to film. And my top lip is so small that sometimes it looks like I have a John Waters mustache because I have black lipstick on. And I was, you know, I have seriously on multiple occasions during the pandemic, including right this minute, 
considered getting lip injections. And I'm not saying that doing anything to your face is trashy or not trashy, okay? Your girl Cassandra, she gets Botox. Well, pre-COVID, I got Botox. I haven't gotten anything since last year because, you know, I know it's like safe, I guess, or whatever, but I just haven't done it. But I've just been like, what better time than now to get lip injections? Because if I hate it, then they'll go down by the time I'm reintroduced into society. And if I love it, then I'm going to emerge a beautiful, full-lipped butterfly of like, just, oh my God. I Because I can go for a couple, you know, like weeks without taking a selfie. I'm not Erica Curry, you know? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come for you like that. Ooh, that it's, stings. It's, it's a joke with like presented itself, like the water's parting from Moses. And I was like, I got to take the shot. I got to... <laughs> I was clear. My sniper gun was click, click, click. It was the you shot. Had to. You had to. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just think it'd be fucking like tight to try them and see if I like them. The curry women famously have no upper lip. And in fact, it like rescinds as we get older. It just gets like thinner and smaller. So I have also considered lip injections for a long time. But yeah. I, I think, yeah, the pandemic might be the time to do it. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like low stakes. I mean, sure, we have a vaccine now, but like, when the fuck are we going to get it? Like, I don't know, mid next year, maybe? That's plenty of time for me to get lip injections and make an educated and well thought out decision on whether or not I like them. I took the New York Times quiz on like when I would be able to get lip and or (laughs) not lip injections. (laughs) (laughs) They have one? (laughs) To where? I should take it. For when I would be eligible for the vaccine. And it was just basically like, Erica, in no way do you contribute to society. (laughs) So you will be the absolute last person to get it. Death row inmates will get this vaccine before you get the vaccine, Erica Curry. The only (laughs) reason that you're getting it before children is because it has not been tested on children. (laughs) We're going to give it to the dogs first, just in case, because we heard dogs could get COVID. Am I wild? Because I read on New York Times this morning, which of course, you know, not to brag, but I do subscribe. I'm wearing a New York Times t-shirt right now. Give it to me for Christmas. Thank you, Matea, listener, and also family member. But they gave it to like the first person in Germany to get it was like this 101-year-old woman. And like, what the... (laughs) Is that not a waste? Cassandra! (laughs) Sorry, dude! We're all thinking it, okay? Don't come down my throat because I'm saying what everyone else is fucking thinking, which is, are you serious? Give it to someone who works at a fucking grocery store before you give it to a woman who's 101! I think, yes, of course, we want to stop the spread in nursing homes. Of fucking course we do. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Look, I got to start digging my hole at some point in this podcast, so why not here? (laughs) Well, do you think 12-year-olds should get it? No. Well, I think our first story, the 12-year-old in our first story should be eligible for the vaccine because of his impressive prowess. So according to consequenceofsound.net, Erica's favorite website... 12-year-old DJ had his equipment confiscated after holding an after-school bathroom rave. Cowbell invited all the boys from year eight, and his set included complimentary refreshments. Fucking sick. You got to. Where's the cocaine, though? (laughs) Now, 
I'm going to guess that his name is Kale, but I'm going to let you keep calling him Cowbell because it sounds like Cowbell. Well, it's <clears throat> it's a, I believe it's an Irish name. It's C-A-E-L. Cow? I don't know. Who cares? Cowbell. Whatever. His mother, Louise Bell, related on Facebook, the saga began about two weeks ago when the budding turntablist set out on Snapchat announcing inviting all the boys from year eight at St. Anthony's Catholic College in Manchester, UK. Together, they held an impromptu dance fest in the boys' lavatory during the lunch period on December 11th. The set included complimentary soft drinks and Cadbury twirls, and while the School bathroom is a below-average setting for such lunch. It is certainly cleaner than your typical rave. Well, that's a little bit of editorializing, don't you think? The set lasted 30 minutes before the anti-fun authorities, boo, broke it up. Bell's mother said that the boy's speaker and lights have been impounded. How did he get this shit there? Just in his backpack? Um, she did not punish him. In fact, she wrote on her Facebook, am I wrong for finding this funny? I had to laugh. It's been a terrible year and I couldn't be angry with my son for trying to spread some cheer. Okay. I've got some issues as usual. You're sending your kid to a Catholic school and you're not, and you think it's just like funny that he threw a rave? Are these like the cool Catholics that uh, I'm hearing about? These are the cool Catholics for sure. Oh, okay. I see. I see. So, you know, throw a rave in the boys' bathroom, but don't be gay. Don't have premarital sex. Okay, 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 okay. I'm just seeing where the rules are. The mother is pretty, pretty loose, pretty liberal with her beliefs. Yeah, she's paying to put her kid through Catholic school, though. The best education that he could get. Wow. You're right. You're right. Even without or with the Catholic influences, it probably is like the best academic track that young Cal or Kale could get. <laughs> Old Cowbell. Cowbell's dad thought it was hysterical and he said, go on, son, because he had the biggest smile on his face that morning and so they knew something was up. We did have a conversation, he said, about whether or not we should be angry, but how could we be? You could. You could be angry, but you're choosing to encourage your child to go into the arts. There you go. There you go. That's how I see this story. Do you? Okay. Did you ever throw like mischiefs at at school i'm racking my brain i know for sure that i would have been a mischief maker in fact (laughs) did you ever have like a like a group hallucination as a child what okay my second and third grade classroom was convinced that there was a leprechaun on this hill at our school our school butted up to somebody's like farmland And we were telling adults that we kept seeing leprechauns in the fields. And I know for a fact, I only went along with it because somebody else said it. And I never saw them. Yeah, kids are liars. Kids are liars. But like the whole class was like saying, yeah, we saw the leprechaun. We saw the leprechaun. I mean, that's just good improv. (laughs) I was the young yes and from an early age. They had to like separate us and like interrogate us. And <laughs> Why did they care so much about the leprechaun? Because like it's all we talked about for a long time. This must have been like a group hallucination that like one kid came up with a lie and then we all just got on board. It's like the chicken from Orange is the New Black. Exactly. <laughs> Are you sick? No, I just have like a little phlegm. Okay. Just okay. a little phlegm. No COVID. Don't you no sickness. In, don't you go getting fucking COVID on me, okay? Otherwise, I'm sending you back to Oklahoma. Oh, no. Don't send me back to Oklahoma. But you know who is encouraging travel to Oklahoma? Who? 
Governor Stitt. Oh, this fucker. According to the Oklahoman.com, as the CDC discouraged holiday travel, Governor Kevin Stitt urged tourists to please, please, please come visit Oklahoma. Where the wind comes right behind the rain. Oh, (laughs) you're not familiar with the Broadway musical? I mean, I'm familiar with it. I just don't know the song. It's our actual state song. That checks out. Why wouldn't it be? Not very many states can do that. I know the young man or the old man who, as a young man, a young senator, came in and was like, you know what we should have? We should have Oklahoma as our state song. And all the the people were like, no, that's a terrible idea. And so he hired the Chickasha Women's Choir and the actor who played Curly on Broadway to... He introduced the legislation, had them burst into chambers, sing Oklahoma, get everybody whipped up into a frenzy, and then called for a vote immediately. Smart. And it changed the state song. Smart, smart, smart. They're like, yeah, fuck it. That was fun. George George Nye is his name. He's uh, one of our old governors of Oklahoma, and he's a real hoot. But this uh, guy, Kevin yeah. Stitt... Not a hoot. Not a hoot. Oklahoma has seen a surge in new daily COVID-19 infections and a record number of people are hospitalized due to the virus. But Kevin Stitt is still making a direct pitch to boost tourism in the state with a 30-second promotional video encouraging neighboring states to visit Oklahoma. The video has more than 98,000 views on YouTube and is called an open invitation from Oklahoma's own Governor Kevin Stitt. It's a the commercial is also being promoted on digital and social media platforms and airing in Texas, Kansas, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Missouri. So Kevin Stitt isn't, you know, doing what Alaska Airlines is doing right now, which is encouraging people to fly, but he is encouraging people to drive. Drive your ass to Oklahoma. Just like yeah. the pioneers. <laughs> Load up your wagon. And don't catch dysentery. Today, we all need a place that offers hope, he said in the video. Oklahoma is open to the challenge. We're open with new, exciting places to explore safely. We're open with amazing meals and safe surroundings. We're open to living, learning, and dreaming under the wide open skies. Now keep six feet distance, everybody, because on your right, we're going to see a big fracking plant. Whoa, did you feel that? That was an earthquake. The campaign is a part of a comprehensive state strategy to support businesses affected by the pandemic, of which the tourism industry has been hit especially hard, said Stitt spokesman Charlie Hanema. That name sounds like Enema. Uh-huh. I, I was real nervous to get that one out. <laughs> Keeping businesses open safely has been a priority of the governor throughout the state's pandemic response, and the campaign was in motion well before the current travel guidance was increased, Hanema said in a statement. Many Americans are currently spending increased amounts of time at home in front of TVs or other screens. Well, no shit. They're at home doing something safe. Yeah. When you say the campaign was in motion well before the current travel guidance, did you mean like before March of this year? Or did you mean like in September when the numbers were a little bit lower on the coasts, not in the middle of the country? The middle of the country has been bananas for a while. Is Oklahoma broke? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so they can't help the businesses themselves. Yeah, no. Mm. Oklahoma is like last in most things. Or, you know, we're above like Mississippi in most things. Genuine question. Is there anywhere outdoors or things like that that you love in Oklahoma? Yeah, like Scissortail Park is really beautiful in Oklahoma City. There are botanical gardens. There are uh, the Oklahoma City Zoo. Figured I should give you a chance to, you know, say all those things since I 
blasted it for fracking and earthquakes. And I was like, you know what? We're not an anti-Oklahoma podcast, despite the words that come out of my mouth. We're an anti-anywhere-that's-being-stupid podcast. Yep. Bingo. Bingo, bango. Speaking of fucking stupid. According to therap.com, Tucker Carlson goes full anti-vax, says COVID vaccine is eugenics. Yes, 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 yes. Tucker Carlson, your grandparents' favorite person, began his Fox News show on Friday night with a segment that will give you whiplash because he started sort of just asking questions, encouraging an anti-vax sentiment against the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. Which he also did Thursday and then pivoted to saying that it's eugenics that non-healthcare essential workers who are predominantly lower class and people of color will get the vaccine earlier than white people. So I watched this thing. So he's going basically like, he's twisting everything. Because he's saying that it should go to healthcare workers and then people over 65, aka his viewer base. And then states or some states are saying, well, actually it should go to healthcare workers and then other essential workers and then people over 65 because the person at 60 who's over 65 can stay home while the grocery store worker cannot. Tucker Carlson took that information and basically was like, oh, he they want you to die. They want you to die. And most people who work at grocery stores and stuff like that are people of color, which means that you're too white to get the vaccine. It's a leap of logic. It's bananas. And if you're already holding this bias, it probably makes perfect sense. But if you don't hold this bias, then that's fine. I guess you can watch this critically. But like I read er, later in this article, they talked about a, a lawsuit that someone had put against Tucker Carlson and Fox News essentially defended his show as being like, well, Tucker Carlson doesn't talk in facts. Like Fox News even admits that Tucker Carlson does not say facts and that any critical viewer wouldn't would know that he's just saying opinions. But it's like, you know, that he does that there's not critical viewers watching this shit. They're watching this shit with confirmation bias. And Tucker Carlson is basically throwing a fit because for once something isn't benefiting white people. It's benefiting people of color, mm-hmm. but it's only benefiting people of color because they happen to work more essential positions. Yeah, frontline positions. No, it's garbage. It's amazing to me that Tucker still has an audience and like that he has not yet been fully canceled. Yeah, it's pretty bananas. But I mean, I guess, you know, like if it already smells like shit, why not let it keep hosting a show on Fox News? So he's he's basically saying that the COVID vaccine is eugenics because of the fact that white people are getting skipped. (laughs) and i can't emphasize this enough white people are not getting skipped this white person is erica yeah no i mean yes yes of course Um, because i am not essential in any way to this society no no we can we can do this from home this is (laughs) this is our essential service that we're providing and uh i'm pretty sure when they're going okay essential workers sign up for the vaccine i go would you have a podcast but I have a podcast and I'm funny sometimes and most of the time I'm just annoying and uh, I don't help anybody in society. I like to think that I help people in society by subscribing to the New York Times. <laughs> I couldn't even say that seriously. <laughs> You're keeping journalism alive. Hello. That's what they tell me. And it only costs me 
I don't know, nine to 12 bucks a month. I haven't checked. (laughs) (laughs) So we're not an anti-Oklahoma podcast. We're also not an anti-Florida podcast. However. Right. So according to consequencesofsound.net, Erica's favorite website, Steel Panther, who prior all of this has received a video of underage girls dancing on a golf course produced by Erica Curry, they they performed three concerts at packed venues in Florida. Despite a nationwide surge in COVID-19 cases over the past several weeks, Steel Panther has performed three headlining concerts to packed crowds in Florida over the past few days. According to the video footage and photographs, most of the audience members were not wearing masks or social distancing. The Hair Metal Parody Act has joined on the bill by Southern Rockers Blackstone Cherry in Orlando on Thursday the 17th, St. Petersburg on Friday, with and Fort Myers on Saturday. So there's a lot of video footage of them performing. And so like the one that I watched that was like, it's just so obvious that everything is like, it looks like a normal fucking concert. The person was literally like, your video is not on the right direction. <laughs> like I heard someone say that in the back. He's like, oh, and then he turned it around on the stage. Yeah, this looks like a normal fucking concert. I mean, they were doing temperature checks and said they would require masks and social distancing when people weren't eating or drinking. They fucking weren't. They yeah. might have done the temperature checks. Who knows? Yeah, it looks like the regulations were largely ignored. So this is kind of random but relevant. My uncle called uh, for Christmas and he <laughs> he says things like, well, I guess, you know, the next few years won't be total hell so long as Biden isn't ruled incapable of leading and we don't have we, you know, Kamala Harris doesn't take charge. Then we're all in doom for hell. So He's a Republican, and he was saying, like, oh, my buddy's in Florida, man. Everything is just fine there. Everything's fine, and they don't have all these closures and stuff like that, and everything is fine, man. I just kind of wish I could go back to, or wish I could not go back. I wish I could go to Florida. Like, Florida has become, like, a Republican promised land, and things like this kind of make it seem like it is. I mean, do you want to die for Steel Panther? No. I mean, uh, go to jail I'm, for them, sure, of course, but like, right. not, not die. <laughs> it is amazing the PR campaign that Florida is putting on to say everything's fine. What with, you know, Disneyland operating, nothing being closed, nothing being closed. Joey Fatone of NSYNC joins Still Panther on stage for the Orlando show. Pro wrestler and Fozzie frontman Chris Jericho uh, joined them and sang a Judas Priest classic, You've Got Another Thing Coming. This is wild. This is absolutely wild. Steel Panther's show took place as Florida reports roughly 10,000 new COVID cases per day. Oh, Florida. Oh, Florida, man. Like You want to know what else they're doing over in Florida? According to independent.co, Disney World in Florida, is going to stop photoshopping masks onto visitors who weren't wearing them, which I didn't even know that they were fucking doing. Yeah, this story is sent in to us by Brian Rubino, host of the It Stinks podcast. Thanks, Brian. So I guess that uh, one of the, there was in Disney's parks in Florida reopened in July with various COVID-19 measures, including forcing guests to wear face masks inside the park unless eating or swimming. Swimming? Do they have swimming? In Orlando, they have uh, pools in the resorts. Why not? Cl- okay, whatever. <laughs> another time, Cassandra. Another time. 
Guests took off their mask were initially not eligible to buy photos taken on the rise, according to USA Today. However, on the 6th of December, a Disney World visitor posted photos to the Facebook group Disney World Junkies, which appeared to show face masks photoshopped onto guests. So people were taking their masks off on the rides, rude. And then Disney World was like, oh, we want to sell these pictures. So fuck it. We'll just like Photoshop masks on really fast before they get here. Uh Uh-huh. In the picture, the woman in the back row of an Animal Kingdom's dinosaur ride appeared to be wearing a black face mask that was too big for her face, which looks like it had been digitally imposed onto the image. Got all of our photo fa- photo pass photos from yesterday, except Dinosaur. Just finally got it, and you can see Disney has already started digitally adding masks so everyone can still get their photos. The woman behind us apparently wasn't wearing hers. Wow. On Monday, Disney confirmed that it had digitally altered some ride photos and announced that it would end the practice. What? Who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like that. We are trying to be kind to our Disney adult listeners. Uh, am I? <laughs> but what is the fucking point of going to Disney World right now? I thought about it. Okay. I thought about it. It would be cool to go to these parks when it's only at 35% capacity. Mm-hmm. But maybe they can just arrange that in like the real world, not in COVID world. We don't, you guys, you don't need to go. You don't need to go. You're fucking fine. You don't need to go. Do you need to go? When I was in Japan, I went to Tokyo Disney and Winston Carter, who is a huge Disney fan. Oh, holds an annual pass, was sick, and stayed home like a responsible adult. And I went alone with his brother and sister-in-law. Well, but what a goddamn hero he is for staying home. Thanks, Winston. You saved Japan. You saved all of Japan. So Florida has recorded more than 1.13 million coronavirus cases and at least 19,865 deaths. And last month, Disney announced that it was laying off workers from its theme park in Anaheim, California, since coronavirus measures in the state have kept the site closed since March. The one thing that Gavin Newsom has done correctly. I'm coming for him. I don't give a fuck. Honestly, Disney is rich enough to pay all of their employees instead of furloughing them. They could have kept the jobs. And that's what's so upsetting. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are wrong here. Money rules everything, Erica. Cash rules everything around me. What are you quoting there? Because it sounds so familiar to me. Cream by the Wu-Tang Clan. Cash rules everything around me. Like it. According to a tracking project hosted by John Hopkins University, there are now more than 16.2 million people who have tested positive for coronavirus, and the U.S. death toll has reached 299,455 as of time of print of this article. I think it's higher now. It's it's way higher now. Yeah. You know what didn't get higher? (laughs) (laughs) Do we like that one? I love that transition. According to the New York Times, which... I'm sorry. (laughs) Not to brag, but I do subscribe to the New York Times. Two passengers and a dog, which is the name of my buddy comedy that I'm writing, slide out of a moving plane at LaGuardia. Whee! (laughs) Delta flight 462 was delayed for hours after a male passenger forced open a cabin door while the plane was taxiing. He and his companions slid their way out of the plane. 
Brian Plummer was a man sitting toward the back of the Delta Airlines flight readying to depart LaGuardia Airport on Monday when he said he noticed a man and a woman with a large service dog nearby that they had changed seats a couple times, couldn't settle in, and as the flight began to taxi out of the runway, the man stood up, ignoring the flight attendant's order to sit, and saying that he had PTSD and couldn't sit down or he freaks out. short time later, Mr. Plummer said he felt the plane shudder to a stop And it wasn't immediately clear why, but the flight crew eventually told the passengers what had happened, that that man had forced open a cabin door, activating that fun emergency slide, and then he, his female companion, and their dog slid out of the plane. (laughs) They were taken into custody a short time later, officials said. So this guy was charged with criminal mischief, a felony, and reckless endangerment, a misdemeanor, according to a complaint filed with the Queen's criminal court. And he also faces misdemeanor charges of criminal trespass, as does his female companion. He was released after an arraignment, but he will be back in court in February. But the dog was let scotch-free. <laughs> Which we all know the dog was the one that said, just do the slide. Just fucking do it, dude. Just get us out of this plane, man. We got to get out of here. I don't want to go to Atlanta. <laughs> they eat dogs in Atlanta. Get me out of here. Is that true? <laughs> no. I don't listen to anything I say. Allegedly. Allegedly, they eat dogs in Atlanta. Allegedly. <laughs> it's funny. I just, I love that this guy was like, I got to get the fuck out. I'm sorry. I care that we're moving. So they were talking in this article about the other times that something like this has happened. And one of them was that time that that JetBlue flight attendant was basically like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck Fuck you, you. you're cool, I'm out. And just activated the slide, slid down and threw off his tie. Imagine being the passenger who was like, hey, I know that we're taxiing, but can I get a sparkling water? And then he goes, fuck it. (laughs) And just ejects himself from the plane. Hi, can I get a seatbelt extender and a sparkling water? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's kind of cold on board. Is that normal or maybe just a blanket? Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is an icon. Talk about yes. dramatic ways of quitting. From jail, I think he's an icon. He got in trouble, I'm sure, right? Oh, yes. Yes, big time. Okay, great. Cool, 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 cool. Speaking cool. of getting in trouble, our next story comes to us from the New York Times.com. Sentence is cut for U.S. student who broke quarantine. Old Skylar Mack, 18, was sentenced to four months in prison for violating coronavirus restrictions in the Cayman Islands. After an outcry, her sentence was reduced to two months on Tuesday. Remind me of something. You and I were in Barcelona, Barcelona, of course, and we were in the Sagrada waiting to go up to the top, which was a big mistake that we both made. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Let me tell you something. The view from the top of the Sagrada is pretty cool. The coming down is very not cool because they do not let you come down in an elevator. You have to walk down a really tight flight of stairs facing sure and imminent death. Just like travel tip from Cass and Erica. It's the view is not worth the walk down. <laughs> no, it's not. But remember, we were behind these like Patagonia jacket wearing white people. Weren't they talking about a trip to the Caymans or something? They absolutely were. These assholes in front of us were like, well, we always winter in the Caymans. 
just like so we couldn't even have a conversation ourselves because we were so engrossed in like eavesdropping on this like just like wet with privilege conversation of like oh god i know last time i couldn't get my surfboard on board i like just like oh it was just too much they were absurd wearing all patagucci as i like to call it it was just They were trash icons. I love them. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was awesome. Back to this story, though. This woman, this Skylar Mack, she just wanted to see her boyfriend compete in a a jet ski competition. (laughs) In a jet ski competition. (laughs) I thought this was a parody article for a little bit because of the jet (laughs) ski competition. Yeah, she just wanted to see... You know, her her boyfriend, Vanjay Ramjeet, he won first place in the jet ski competition, too. So essentially, she broke the 14-day quarantine. She slipped out of her ankle monitor after receiving a negative corona test and then escaped to the beach on the Grand Cayman South Sand where she saw Mr. Ramjeet win first place. Yeah, so when you go to Cayman Islands, you have to quarantine for two weeks. uh, And then on day 15, they'll test you. And if you're negative, then they'll... Be like, all right, give us back your little bracelet. You're free to, you know, <laughs> make withdrawals from your offshore bank accounts. And she, this, the jet ski competition was on a Sunday and she arrived on a Friday. It was like, mm, I'm good. I'm good on quarantining. Thanks. I I have mixed reviews about this. Not really, though, because on the one hand, don't break quarantine you selfish dipshit. That's not fair to the people who live on the Cayman Islands who their COVID, I think, is like 316 infections and two deaths total in the Cayman Islands. So, I mean, more power to them that they're like, no, if you want to come here, you need to quarantine for two weeks. So, like, fuck you for breaking it just to go watch this jet ski competition. Like, show up earlier. But on the other hand... Four months in Cayman Island jail? That's insane. You know who else had that opinion, Cass? Who? Eric Trump. (gasps) Shit, (laughs) shit, shit, shit. (laughs) President President Trump's son, Eric, tweeted, No! This is infuriating. Skylar is 18-year-old girl who left her hotel to watch her boyfriend compete in a jet ski competition. Four months in jail? Oh, no. I'm Eric Trump. I'm Eric Trump. You and Eric Trump have the same sensibility. (laughs) On everything. That's funny, I think. Except scary for me. But, like, also, like, you know, Punisher. Punisher. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there has to be consequences for your actions. So, like, two weeks in your hotel room should be a deterrent to just not go to the fucking Cayman Islands right now. I think that there's, like, some method to that, too. That they're like, well, no one's going to want to do that. So maybe they just won't come here. And, you know, me and the 65,000 residents who live here can fucking have some peace. You know who I wish would give us peace? I agree. Tell the people. I wish Kevin Spacey would just go the fuck away, crawl back into his hole. But... On Christmas Eve, he crawled out and delivered another video message. This is according to Consequence of Sound. Should be no shock to you all because it is Erica's favorite website. But yeah, this has become a tradition over the last few holiday seasons where Kevin Smurcy, Kevin, Smir- <laughs> Kevin Spacey will emerge and uh, deliver a weird Christmas video. 
The last one was really weird and scary because he was like going full Frank Underwood and like being like, I'll be back. This one had a little bit of a nicer sentiment. Yeah. Um, he compared people losing their jobs to the ongoing pandemic to his own downfall following multiple sexual assault allegations. This time, Stacy quickly drops the Frank Underwood shtick and speaks to those individuals whose mental health has been adversely impacted by the pandemic. Listen to me. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Listen. A lot of people have reached out to me this past year and shared their own struggles, and my ability to be there for them has really only been possible because of my own difficulties. While it's a privilege to offer support, I have to say, frankly, it's also been beyond my abilities and bigger than me. Because heartbreakingly, so many have talked about things having gotten so bad for them that they've contemplated taking their own lives. And that's enough for me to want to take an entirely different approach this year to acknowledge their pain. To anyone out there who is struggling or contemplating that idea, please, please do not take that step. If you're standing in place that you can no longer remain standing, if you're suffering, if you need help, if you feel guilt or shame, if you're struggling with your identity, if your back's against the wall, or if you feel that there's no path for you, whatever your situation, I promise you there is a path. Basie concludes his message by saying, I just wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a great 2021, and to say all those out there that might be suffering, it gets better. It does get better. So... What do you think? The message does seem sincere and like heartful. Like I'm not going to let him forget that he has allegations of sexual misconduct and sexual violence against. Right. And pedophilia. And pedophilia. I did criminal prosecution so far, but uh, this is where cancel culture I completely agree with. Yes, this is somebody who should be canceled. I agree. But not to quote Eric Trump here. It is nice that he is at least like not talking about himself and his own bullshit and that he's like using uh, his weird platform to try and help people. Cause the video ends with a phone number for us substance abuse, mental health services, administration hotline. Like it's a weird source <laughs> for this uh, message, but yeah, I guess it's something. I don't know. Thus far he's avoided criminal prosecution. Not one, but two of his accusers have died over the last several years. And in September, Anthony Rapp, actor, announced a civil litigation against Spacey. So we shall see. I think he's just going to keep doing these because they get attention. Yeah, probably. Because at this point now, people are going to start expecting him. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess as long as the message remains positive. Speaking of a positive message. Not. Uh, does that still, like, fly? Not like, I don't, where, why aren't people nodding each other more? <laughs> I don't know why I ever went away. <laughs> it's a delightful joke. Hey, Erica, I've been eating really healthy the past couple days. Not. Not. <laughs> According to the coppercourier.com, GoDaddy employees were told that they were getting a holiday bonus, but it was actually a fishing test. 2020 has been a record year for GoDaddy. Thank you. The email read. Sent by Happy Holiday at GoDaddy.com, tucked underneath a glittering banner of a snowflake stamped with the words GoDaddy Holiday Party. The December 14th email to hundreds of GoDaddy employees promised some welcome financial relief during an otherwise stressful year. Though we cannot celebrate together during our annual holiday party, we wanted to show our appreciation and share a 
one-time $650 holiday bonus, the email (gasps) read. To ensure that you receive your one-time holiday bonus in time for the holidays, please select your location and fill out the details by Friday, December 18th. Womp, womp, womp. Another email came after that saying, you're getting this email because you failed our recent phishing test. You will need to retake security awareness, social engineering training. So basically, if you said, oh my God, yes, thank God, just in time for Christmas, my job is going to give me a $650 bonus during COVID. That's so nice. I love working for GoDaddy. Here's my location and um, here are the details before December 18th. Honey, honey, guess what? Nope. GoDaddy said, nope. You played yourself. This is so shitty. And This is so shitty. Like, to do this right before Christmas. It's rude is what it is. Yeah, it's it's beyond garbage. So over 500 employees got the email saying, nope, you need to retake this security awareness and social engineering training. Like, what the fuck? And they haven't apologized yet. There's another company who did this, um, or what's like the Tribune or something, and they did it to... All of their like journalists and stuff like that, which obviously then their journalists were like, okay, well, I'm going to tweet about what you did. And so the Tribune apologized, realizing that it was like fucked up. But like, I don't think GoDaddy's apologized for this yet. Not that I've seen. No. I mean, that's, I just can't believe, hey, it's going to be a Christmas miracle. Yeah. We're going to be able to get the kids gifts this year. And they actually, the company, uh, somewhere else in the article, they laid off a shit ton of people this year. Like it wasn't. It was a record year for GoDaddy uh, financially, but they laid off a bunch of people and closed some of their offices around the country. So, yeah, this sucks. Fuck you, GoDaddy. Yeah, fuck you. This is just rude. I will never enjoy one of your Super Bowl commercials ever again. I don't care how many women you put in sexy outfits. I just won't. Danica Patrick can walk into traffic for all I care. Sorry, that's a little harsh. She was just the first GoDaddy girl I could think of. No, it's the only one I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. You know she's dating uh, Aaron Rodgers now? Of football fame? Yes, of, of football fame. Of Green Bay Packer fame. In oh, fact. Good, for her. good for them. Yeah. He also dated Olivia Munn. Why do I know so much about this? Why does he clean up? <laughs> According to our next story, thelouderSound.com, there's a contest to get the UK number one single at Christmas. I thought this was just in love, actually. I didn't think that this was a real contest that they did. Oh, no, it's it's true. <laughs> I mean, that's wonderful. So they're going over the previous winners, but they're not including. I feel it in my fingers. Won it in that movie. And the 2020 race comes down to a fight between Lad Baby, Mariah Carey, and the cult UK act, The Cunts who are biting for the top spot with a single titled Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt. A wonderful title. A wonderful title. The band and brainchild of Basildon comedian Mike Gibbons. Basildon? Basildon? Basildon. 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 (laughs) Basildon comedian Mike Gibbons. You don't come to Trashy Trashy for our reading skills. Have received celebrity endorsements from Black Mirror writer slash TV satirist uh, Charlie Brooker and Wild Hearts frontman Ginger. The number one song ended up being Don't Stop Me Eating by Lad Baby. That's who ended up one? 
That's who won. That's who ended up won? I'm insane. That's too bad. Uh, Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt, though. Hopefully was second. Yeah. Maybe third. Maybe third. I love that you can just title something like that in, in the UK. I know. We're such prude Americans here. We truly are so repressed. So repressed. And gosh, I think we all just deserve love, don't you think? Open, free love without judgment. You know, Cass, I think love has serious implications and serious consequences. And I'd love to hear about? about I'd love to hear about our next story in love. Oh, okay. Well, according to NewYorkTimes.com, ex-Bloomberg reporter who covered Martin Shkreli reveals that she was in a relationship with him. <gasps> love. Christy Smythe helped Smith. <laughs> Smith. 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 Okay. We're going to say Smith because we don't want to keep saying Smythe and have it be wrong. But just so the listeners know, it's S-M-Y-T-H-E. So it could be like Simi the also. (laughs) We'll go with Smith. (laughs) Christy Smith helped break the story of Mr. Shrelly's arrest in 2015. She then started to fall for him, she said, and quit her job at Bloomberg News. Hey, do you remember who Martin Shkreli is, listener? Because if you don't, I'll remind you. In September 2015, Martin Shkreli, who was then 32 and the chief executive of Turing Pharmaceuticals, hiked the price overnight of Daraprim, which is a drug that treats a rare, potentially fatal parasitic infection. The, ta- the drug was $13.50 a tablet, and he hiked it overnight to $750 a tablet. He was accused of price gouging. And his combative, sneering responses to the criticism earned him the moniker Pharma Bro. So that's who we're dealing with here. He's a fucking dick. He also bought a Wu-Tang Clan album for $2 million. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Did they release that album or is it just he has it? He has it. (laughs) From jail. What a Uh, fucking dick. Miss Smith. 37, wrote to Judge Kiko Matsumoto of the U.S. District Court for Eastern District of New York on April 14th as a part of emergency motion filed by Mr. Shrelly's lawyers requesting a compassionate release. Your Honor, f- oh, you know what? She deserves a better one. Your Honor, finding love with Martin was a great joy for me. It has been a long and emotional journey for me from when I... When I first came into your courtroom as a journalist covering Martin Shkreli's case in 2015 to the present moment, and as I submit this letter to you, I am his girlfriend and would-be life partner. Miss Smith was concerned about the risk imposed by the virus of to the U.S. prison population. He does not deserve a death sentence or even a potential death sentence from a virus that is beyond the capacity of prison officials to control. Nor do I deserve to lose out on a chance of happiness with a man I love. Because Martin Shkreli, I guess, gets different rights than other prisoners. So once he hiked his arrest in the early hours of December 17, 2015, related to his time as a hedge fund manager and the chief executive of a biopharmaceutical company, Retrofin, Mr. Shelley was charged with securities fraud and conspiracy for lying to investors and mismanaging money. I think that there's an episode of Dirty Money, I want to say, on Netflix or one of those types of shows that talks about him and listeners when I tell you. 
it made my blood boil. It made my blood boil. Like, this is not a good guy. I don't care what this woman says or what anyone says. He is a bad guy. Absolutely. And this is what's mind-blowing is that she was a journalist covering this case. And journalists are supposed to remain objective. So Bloomberg News said that it didn't find any bias in Miss Smith's coverage of Mr. Shkreli. Miss Smith's conduct with regard to Mr. Shkreli was not consistent with expectations for a Bloomberg journalist. It became apparent that it would be best to part ways. So Miss Smith tendered her resignation and we accepted it. So it sounds like they had no problem necessarily with her actual written coverage, but that they didn't, they didn't love that she was dating him. And so she just like, was like, well, I'm out. So she quit her job for him. Yeah. That's wild to me. She'd last seen him in prison in February and they were talking about possibly doing something publicly and he was in favor of it. But then he freaked out when the possibility of her going public became more real. He's got a lot of kind of PTSD around media exposure. He sort of is attached to his villain image in a sort of safe space. She last spoke to him on the phone this summer and said he no longer replied to her emails. Still, she said she would wait for Mr. Shrelly, who is due to be released in September of 2023. I love him and I am here for him. Do they get email in prison? <laughs> I think it's like a you have to pay for privileges type of situation. Like it's like a commissary type email situation. Oh, wow. And so he just ghosted her. And he's in, like, a cushy federal prison, too. He's not, like, in a gin pop situation. Sigh. I guess I did say that everyone deserves love. I just think this dude's so shitty. And his just, like, attitude, it, it, it wasn't necessarily what he did. I mean, that was awful, but it was the attitude that he took with the press and just his general demeanor that just kind of put the nail on the coffin for me. <laughs> His lawyers and this woman were trying to, like, along with her, like, profession of love, was also, they were trying to convince the judge that if he was let out earlier, that he could help in, like, pioneering the COVID vaccine and, like, help for COVID. I'm a little confused on what his background is other than being a hedge fund, like, rich dude. Yeah, he's not in the lab with a pen and a pad trying to get this damn vaccine off. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck yeah, Erica. Fuck yeah. That's the second reference to... <laughs> a rap album. A rap I love album it. that I've dropped today. God damn, god damn, god damn. I love that. Erica, <laughs> yes? are you ready? Oh, I'm ready, baby. Because it's time for the dumpster fire of the week. <laughs> Pass it here, bro. Okay. According to the LAMag.com, we're doing a story on the Echo Park Lake encampment. That's it. I mean, I, I don't even have the headline here. That's just, this is what it's about. And this is a subject that I'm like super nervous to approach, just to be Same. honest. Because I have such mixed feelings on on what our leaders are doing and what people are forced into. Yeah. So for all of our listeners who aren't LA residents, because there are a lot of you, there's this wonderful, wonderful city called Echo Park. And 
They've got a great park in the middle of it, um, namely Echo Park, with a lake that just went under it seven years ago, got a $45 million facelift. It's a really nice park in the epicenter of this like hipster, cool neighborhood in Los Angeles. And as of a little bit later into last year, and obviously after the pandemic, this place has been taken over by homeless encampments. Nice ones with grills and nice tents. And there aren't like sweeps weekly or daily where they all get torn down. There's a yeah. hundred tents have popped up around the the lake in the last 14 months, kind of making a, a city within a city. Open flame cooking, which is banned by municipal code, is happening all over. And there's electricity being siphoned from city streetlights to power microwaves, personal sandwich grills, and other appliances. There's a gas generator running a freezer, a refrigerator inside one tent at the north end, and another tent along Glendale Boulevard is decorated with a full bedroom set. That's from the article. Devin Brown, 30, an ex-fashion model from Jamaica, New York, says, we're not your typical homeless. He refers to himself as King, or he compares himself to King David yes. because of his behave, bizarre behavior and grandiose outbursts. And last year, Brown lost his home and found a new one outdoors among Echo Park's lotus blossoms and elderberry trees. Compared to other homeless settlements like the ones by the 101 freeway ramp, the growing Echo Park encampment with its nighttime drum circles and festive air of social promiscuity felt like more like a campsite at a music festival. I've driven, I drive by this all the time and I have seen it and it does have like a Woodstock kind of Burning Man feel when you drive by because of the fucking sheer amount of tents. Mm -hmm. Like, I love Echo Park Lake. I love Echo Park. I Echo Park Lake is where I like to go for 4th of July, you know, pre-COVID. It's super fun. A lot of like families and, you know, people get there and they do picnics and they set off what have to be illegal fireworks. But it's super fun. Um, and last year I did it and I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of tents here. And now Maurice, I didn't do it this year, but like the I thought there was a lot of tents then last July now it's, I mean, there's not a part of Echo Park Lake where there's not an encampment. And let us set the record clear right now. We okay. are not calling the homeless garbage. We are calling the actions which has led them there, be inactivity from the state and the city and the county and the lack of action from our council members and the lack of resources for these people. That's what we are calling garbage. Yeah, I mean, okay, so one home, one neighboring homeowner says, frankly, I think they just like the party and have gotten on the bandwagon of let's pitch a tent in Echo Park. I see groups of healthy young men down there kicking soccer balls, wearing Nike tennis shoes, jogging around the lake, riding bikes. They have cell phones. They have musical instruments. Some of the homeless people down there have cars. So there's various factions uh, with various levels of need. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you can't afford rent in L.A., you can't afford rent in LA because it's fucking expensive. I know a guy that was homeless for a long time and he lived in his car and he kept a gym membership and he slept in his car. He like moved it to different neighborhoods. One of my friends that was homeless for a, a while was working at, I think, Saks Fifth Avenue. Wow. And like nobody knew, but he couldn't earn a living wage. So last January, as in January 2020, when city work crews arrived at the park for a regularly scheduled cleanup, an activist group called Street Watch LA 
put the call out to social activists who turned up in droves, locked arms, and blocked the trucks from entering. That showdown turned out to be a medium a media triumph for the camp as well as street watch furthering the narrative that echo park was becoming a homeless Eden and a center of progressive activism. Jed Perriott, one of LA street watches self-appointed spokesman took to the cameras to crow about the group's unexpected victory. We need to be really telling these property owners, sorry, you're going to have to tough this out. He claimed in an interview with KABC TV news. I'm sorry that you don't like that. You have to see this. That you have to see poverty. You're going to have to see it right now until we get permanent housing for everybody. Yeah, this reporter failed to note that this Jed Perriott, the 39-year-old white guy uh, with a head of blonde curls, was not actually a resident of Echo Park. In fact, he owns a home in Silver Lake, which does not have homeless encampments like this. Barely at all, actually. I don't see a lot of homeless in Silver Lake. And probably because the Silver Lake homeowners are like very like nimby, like not in my backyard kind of people. But in Echo Park, they're just a little bit more sympathetic towards this. But this is tough. This is really tough because I'm not, I think that homeless people and unhoused people need help. And I think this needs to be dealt with. However, or rather, what am I trying to say? They need help and they need to be able to be where they feel safe, you know, but like, I want to feel safe going to the park also. Like, cause I don't, I don't go to Echo Park Lake anymore. I don't, there's, you know, like we talked about Citizen app. Well, there's, you know, so there's apps and stuff like Citizen and Nextdoor and stuff. And you hear about like, like sometimes these unhoused peoples have like dogs that like attack other dogs, like who are walking by. And, you know, there's a lot of drug use and things like that. So like, yeah, I don't walk around in the park anymore. I feel like that the residents of Echo Park don't have ownership over that park anymore. The encampments have ownership over the park. And that's troubling to me that they had that they they had to create this city within a city. I'm not I'm trying to really choose my words. I'm not trying to sound like an asshole. This fucking sucks. It's a shitty situation overall. Like it's shitty for someone who like lives in Echo Park or on the east side. And it's shitty for the people who feel so disenfranchised and anti-government like so the councilman mitch o'farrell for the area has received hundreds of calls from constituents disturbed by disturbed by the park's growing homeless presence but there are federal court rulings that stipulate that homeless people cannot be forced to leave public spaces unless they're provided adequate shelter elsewhere so o'farrell managed to find an alternate place at a nearby church where they could all be housed together but representatives of the park dwellers demanded an installation of a medical facility and storage space within a block of the proposed shelters. And the negotiations sort of broke down and O'Farrell was like, okay, well, I'm done then. Yeah, he just said, I'm out of ideas. You're not out of ideas. You're out of effort. I get where he's at in the sense of like, you've got two conflicting sides of you've got homeowners who are like, no, this is driving down the price of my house, or I just moved here. And houses in Echo Park are over a million dollars. Like all to get, like I, I saw one on Zillow that was like seven hundred thousand dollars, and I'm not joking when I say it looked like it blew up. Like I'm pretty sure that you only can, you're paying seven hundred thousand dollars for that land and to clean up this blown up house. This is a expensive neighborhood to own property in, and to know that you're spending. million on a house. And then when you look out your window, 
you're watching a homeless encampment dump buckets of their own shit into this lake that people are riding around in on swan boats. Mm-hmm. Like, that's uh, sucks. <laughs> It sucks that we don't do more to house these people. It sucks that this is like their re- their last resource. Well, and I don't think that this is... Okay, so this is where it gets tricky. There's three or four separate political entities that are now existing within the encampments. We have that guy that we talked about earlier who's kind of like one of the faces and spokesmen who's a former model. And then there's another guy who like whips around the park on like a bike, like an electric bicycle, who's a self-appointed camp superintendent and decides who stays and who has to go. There's another woman interviewed for this who says that it has like the vibes of like a high school, you know, like with like, that's where the social outcasts hit. And that's where like kind of the more attractive, like, social people are and then and then down on that side is where like you know the the bad ones are and then there's also like a group of ex-cons who occupy the northern heights of the park and they are sort of security or muscle around this is uh, they really do have a city within us this is crazy they found ways to police each other they found political stances and and when the guy says that there's when the homeowner says that there's different variations of like need here that's probably super true (laughs) i mean imagine if you're just like rent is really hard for you right now you're out of work for covid and maybe you don't need to be homeless yet but you might be homeless if things don't change in the next couple months yeah what's stopping you at that point from just like saying fuck it i'm gonna save as much money as i can i'm gonna build a tent and i'm gonna live in echo park lake I mean, honestly, most people live paycheck to paycheck or very close to paycheck to paycheck. Most people are closer to being in this encampment than, they, than they'd than they like to admit. Yeah. I'm certainly not encouraging that we get more and more encampments under the freeways because it's hard to see a freeway without encampments. But when you see things like this, where they're having to create basically their own city, it just shows how much our local government is failing here. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It really fucking sucks. And there's more housing in LA. It's not that there's like a housing shortage. There's a financial shortage of being able to afford the housing. But there are more empty homes and spaces in LA than homeless that we have. Yeah. Yeah. It just... you. But good luck buying anything or fucking even renting anything. I don't think you can get a one-bedroom apartment for cheaper than $1,500, $1,600 a month anywhere, anywhere in LA. And you certainly can't buy property. If you're looking for a house, like a real house, lowest you'll find is maybe 600000 If you want to go really outskirts, if you want to live in an actual neighborhood that you are going to like frequent or work in, you're 900000 to over a million dollars to Easy. own a house. Easily. Easy, easy, easy. If you want a condo, that'll only run you like maybe half a million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's horrible. It's outrageous. Like I've given up on the fact that I'll probably never own property in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. So it's a dumpster fire for a reason, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you know we're doing the best that we can. If you have any questions or you know problems with the way that we covered this story. We're open to a dialogue, but we're 
we're just humans and we're just trying to surface the situation and make people aware of how uneasy and how what a problem this lack of home to people in LA is. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I agree with that. Well, Cass, I think we covered it. Yeah, I think we did. Are you hoarding anything this week? This week I am hoarding a staycation. Oh, tell me more. It is. Yeah, you know, we're we're in the in the throes of COVID-19 and it's not safe to travel, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a fun little staycation wherever you are. I'm talking turn off your phone. Like <laughs> act like you are not in town. Only have your phone operate where you have Wi-Fi. Like things like that where you can really recreate the feeling of a vacation. Support local businesses and order takeout from places that you wouldn't normally order from. I'm uh, My boyfriend and I are going to do this for the next few days, starting after we finish this recording, actually. And it's we're going to order from places that like if we were on vacation in LA, we'd be like, oh, I want to try that. Oh, I want to try that. I want to try that. I want to try that. And just have a vacation in LA. We'll do some hiking and things like that, obviously with masks on. We might do some day trips, kind of drive until we see snow and then turn around. (laughs) Things like that. I'm basically, I'm going on vacation for the next few days, even though I'm not actually physically going on vacation. And I encourage all the listeners to do the same. It might when I do things like this, I really uh, appreciate more where I live. I love that. What are you hoarding? I'm hoarding the Little Debbie Christmas tree treats. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Those are the ones, was it like white cake with like a, some sort of uh, white in the middle? Uh-huh. <laughs> I love them. I haven't been able to find them this holiday season. So if a listener has a hot tip on where they are, please alert me. But Didn't when Little I- Little Debbie go out of business? Oh, don't tell me that. I Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no. <laughs> little Debbie. <laughs> no, <laughs> shit. <laughs> this is the one time a year that I buy little Debbie products. I mm-hmm. absolutely love those little Christmas trees. I think that they are um, 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 um. Wow, not even on Amazon? Not even on Amazon. You can buy shirts dedicated to them on Amazon or they have these oh, no. chocolate ones, but it's all white cake for me. Okay, I understand. Not and no Walmart. I haven't tried Walmart, but I I'm not shopping inside of stores right now. So m- maybe well, you can pick up at Walmart. I mean, like if you're gonna you know like do something like seek out specifically Little Debbie Christmas trees, you might as well like go into the crevasse and like get them at <laughs> get them at Walmart. They have them. Oh no, they're out of stock at Walmart. Damn, dude. I don't know. If any listener has a tip, send it in because. Mama needs her her white Christmas trees. <laughs> I mean, All right. cocaine to me. Like I want, I need it. I need it every Christmas, and I don't have it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Are you uh, Are you throwing anything out? I am throwing something out. I'm throwing out collusion. Collusion. <laughs> <laughs> so I am in a pick'em league. Okay, I, I joined a, a football pick'em league. Uh, so every week, I just have to I have to decide who's going to win, and then if they win, I get points. And I have been in third place of this league now for eight, nine weeks. Sometimes I'll fall into the fourth spot, but then I'll take third back. Guess who the fuck has been in first and second place the whole time? 
a married couple. Collusion. Collusion. Okay. Fuck you, married couple, that you're getting the right picks and you're obviously picking the same fucking – they're always one point away from each other, which makes me really certain that there's collusion because they probably just do the one game that they're not certain about and they both put it in the one point spot and then they each choose a different team. But they're just – and you know what pisses me off the most is that first and second place and last place are the ones that are in the money. So I've been out of the money for 10 weeks now because of collusion. This pisses me off beyond belief. I'm, I've, I've thought about texting the league's little commissioner and being like, whoever the fuck these two people are, you need to tell them that they both can't play next year because this is bullshit. Because the commissioner and her husband, they play together and they're not in the same thing. They obviously form their own opinions on who they think are going to win football games. Okay? I, I want to name them. Ooh, I want to name them because I don't even fucking know them, you know? I don't even know them. So I just want to name them and have our listeners like dox these people. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pissing me off. It's pissing me off. It's making me not want to play anymore. It's making me be like, well, who the fuck cares? All right. Maybe I, maybe I should be trying to go for the last place spot at this point. But I've been in third place for so long, there's no way I'll be in last place in the next two weeks. This pisses me off. Whatever. What are you throwing out? Wrapping paper. Whoa. It is bullshit. It's not recyclable. As an adult, just get somebody a gift. You don't have to wrap it. <laughs> my it's part of the fun. My 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 California family does gift sacks for okay. the children. So they're big, like, you know, like 50-pound potato sacks. And they put the gifts inside of the sacks that have their let like their initial on them, and they don't wrap the kids' presents. Okay. They get a Christmas sack from Santa, and I think that that is the absolute best idea. But wrapping paper sucks. It's not recyclable. I'm not good at wrapping. <laughs> just, there it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm garbage at wrapping gifts. I I mailed home, you know, all my gifts. I had to do them through, you know, the post and couldn't wrap them or ship them wrapped, you know. So I, I just had to give the gifts as they were in a box. But I just, I mean, if you're an adult wrapping gifts, throw a bow on it and call it a day. So you know what I did this year is I did gift boxes. So I'll buy like bougie, like six, seven, eight dollar boxes from like TJ Maxx that have like glitter and Merry Christmas and all kinds of shit on them. And then I put like four or five gifts all in the box and I buy that like, you know, awful paper that gets everywhere, like the uh, basket stuffing paper. And what a like honestly like really positive reviews like everyone was like oh my god we love the box the box is great like it's i'm now i know why gift baskets are a thing because i just basically did it but i made a gift box i love that that's brilliant and they look they look good under the tree Uh uh-huh it's an extra expense but so is wrapping paper and i mean you know throw money at the problem and it's because it's pretty convenient uh i love to see it so um, I might be doing that next year, too. Yeah. It looks wealthy and it looks classy, which are two things that I am not. But you give the illusion of class. 
It's all a mirage, baby. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cass, where can the people find you? You can find me at Cass Cardenas on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me every Tuesday night on the Nooner Podcast on the Smodcast Radio Network, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, live, baby. Live, baby, what, live. Where do they find you? You can find me at Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram and at Gilly Gal on Twitter. Mm. I'm available. You can find this podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod at Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us while you're trash at Trashy Trashy Podcast at gmail.com. Please do. We want to know. Yeah. Thank you so much for all the reviews. We saw the a massive influx of reviews because we asked for it last week and it's truly appreciated. We love each and every one of you. Thank you for telling a friend. Yes. Hey, Cass. What's up, girl? Stay garbage. You stay garbage, Erica. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, wait. Wait, 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 Listeners, happy new year. Happy new year. Yay. Bye. Bye-bye.